Well, thank you for joining us. This is Pastors of the Roundtable, the discipleship podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. Uh, Together, we encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. So sitting around the table with us today, our usual cast of characters is Tim Michelangeli, Scott Slater, Dave Arnold, I'm Spencer Snow, and we have a special guest here today, my dad, Greg Snow, also known as Bud. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we got another guest on. We had some on, some women on a few weeks ago. Yeah. Right? Some of our wives. We haven't had many guests. No. I think, was that our first with the uh, wives? It's an elite group. Kara? It's an elite group. Yeah. 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 So. And now we have... Your dad, I hope yeah. this doesn't open Pandora's box to where all of our parents now want to come and say things. Well, I've, I've already re- Mine given, will not, I've already given the invitation to your mom, Tim, and I think we're just going to do a, a, a serious one-on-one. You and Kind of like one of those 60 yeah. Minutes interviews. Yeah. yeah just kind of like, you know, with really dramatic music and everything. Tell we'll us both be crying what by the went end. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you were taking it that route. I thought, like, the greatness of Tim was going to weep. You guys were going to be weeping. No. All right. No, we thought it'd be good to have uh, Pastor Spencer's dad on. Uh, his name's Greg for a couple of podcasts, hopefully this one and, and another one, the next one here. Uh, because, Greg, you've been in ministry how long? Oh, goodness. 30-plus uh, years, I guess. A 90, started in 90, pastoring. So just for a short period of time between resigning First Baptist Garden City, Missouri. I always have to say Garden City, Missouri, because a lot of folks think Kansas. Uh-huh. And uh, I guess came home for maybe a month or two. Basically kept preaching, you know, just filling pulpits. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. uh, I was trying to think. Then interim, went right into an internship. So basically, if you, I mean, with if you want to be technical, I guess I had a month or a few weeks there. But basically since 90, so what? 30 some years, mm-hmm. whatever it is, or whatever in 2022, I guess. So, yeah. What know. were you doing before that? Uh, well, yeah, just, of course, you know, our story, our family story is we, me and my wife, started on two different sheets of paper as far as we were singing two different songs. I was unconverted, um, went to a non instrumental church, grew up in a works righteousness type church setting. Mm-hmm. We married. A uh, non-instrumental guy marries the First Baptist Church pianist, and uh, I always tell people I would never counsel anyone to marry the way we married, but mm-hmm. God has been very, very gracious. Yeah. And to have a, a wife as talented, uh, not only musically over the years, has been beyond a blessing, mm-hmm. uh, but to have someone that can uh, put up with me so, um, you know, and keep me in the fight. So, yeah. Greg, when you say non-instrumental, what do you mean by that? Yeah, people in our area probably don't know yeah, what they that means. They might not be familiar yeah. with yeah. what you're talking about. I, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Okay, well, we would we would have sing a cappella. We would have no, no instruments. Oh, okay. we felt Is this a, like a Baptist setting? Is it a different? Yeah, no, it would have been, of course, in our area, it would be Church of Christ. Oh, okay. You know, would have right. been part of the mm-hmm. restoration movement. Of course, I didn't know any of that when I was, you know, I sure. grew up mm-hmm. thinking that, we were the church that Jesus right. established, you know, and, uh, uh-huh. but yeah, non-instrumental, uh, always sing, you know, beautiful music, um, you know, four part harmony, all that kind of stuff. I'm still don't know about music, but I, <laughs> I feel like I've got an ear for, you sure. know, I'm always 
proclaim myself an expert. I tell, you know, we work with a children's choir. My wife and daughter started here several years ago. And anyway, it's like, you know, I try to tell the kids, I don't know nothing about what's on that paper, but I can tell you yeah. that is good. So, so you said when you were married, you were not converted yet. Yes. So yeah. then how did that? Yeah, I mean, oh, you know, of course we, you know, now it's like you don't know it whenever you're, you kind of thought it was you finding the Lord. But looking back now, I see the Lord found me. Uh, yeah, growing up, of course, you know, you grew up thinking we were we were the the place, the church, the, you know, you, mm-hmm. you kept doing the best you could, uh, work at it, stay at it. In the end, hopefully the Lord will, you know, as I tell everybody, I used to pray, Lord, you find enough good in me, let me in. You know, that was my prayer privately to the Lord. And and it just, I was a mess, you know, I mean, we, and, uh, you know, make a long story short, there just lots of things begin to happen in our little church. We had a big growth probably when I was 16, 17 years old. A lot of people came, got baptized, you mm-hmm. know, joined the church. And, and then just one by one, they started, you know, leaving getting in trouble uh and i just used to, i don't know now i look back i guess it was god doing that i was like you know we're the only ones right why can't we keep and maintain somebody you know so it was kind of that thought and then sure. things being married uh, and this is something i would say to all your people you know we talk about being an evangelist we're an evangelist wherever we're at and we're doing it if we're talking about jesus uh you know, that was, I don't know, Moody, you're supposed to talk about blooming where you planted, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. My mom or my wife and my mother-in-law would come home talking about the minister that was there at uh, First Baptist in Seneca saying things that wasn't exactly what I thought they believed, you know, talking about how we all needed to be talking about Jesus and things like that. And so looking back, I could see there was something different in them. I, you know, I grew up with, and you guys, I can say this to you, you know, you guys were the hired guns of the church and your job was to go out and take care of the business and dodge here, you Mm -hmm, know? mm -hmm. And he was talking about everybody was a part of this. And I say, anyway, that, and then there was a family friend that was killed in a car accident. I went to the funeral. I heard this particular pastor preaching about heaven uh, to back up again as a child, I, you know, if you ever wonder why my son struggles sometimes with things, it's because his dad's messed up, you know. <laughs> and, uh, well, that uh, explains a lot. Yeah, yeah, you guys know, yeah. But terrible phobia as a kid, worrying about tremendous fear of dying, losing my grandfather. We lost my grandfather on Christmas Day back mm-hmm. in 82, you know, and just... I'm very, I'm a very passionate, a very emotional person. I'm very, have terrible trouble with my temper. I have people say, I just can't understand that, or I don't <laughs> see that. Well, you ain't been around me long enough, you know. And then, but I'm also the other end of the spectrum, just very passionate and, and you know, when, when I worshipped and I want to, you know, I'm a kind of guy that if I behave myself, I want to shout and say Amen. I mean, mm-hmm. especially since the Lord has changed my life. So, a lot of stuff was going on back in '87, and and so, like I said, it would just. Uh, you know, I, I didn't realize it, but I went to that funeral, heard, talked about heaven. It's it's amazing how when the Lord opens the door and he, I, I tell everybody after years, talk about it, you know, you hear it all the time, like turning a light on in the darkness. To me, I, I always use it. I can illustrate to you guys mm-hmm. out, out in radio land. You can't see this, but, <laughs> you know, the light came on. Uh-huh. And when the light came on, then everything, it, you know, Paul talks about in Corinthians, how destroying the, the strongholds, all the stuff that i had held on to for so long was like it just began to start crumbling it was just like folding and 
things that I thought and believed when I actually went to the Bible and began to read, it was like, I mean, that just can't be. And I just, you know, same way, like, long story short, the Lord mm-hmm. saved me and changed me in 87. Me and my wife, like I said, had went to ch- separate churches for right. two and a half years. You know, uh-huh. She would go to the Baptist church. I went to the Church of Christ out in the country that I grew up in. And uh, anyway, then the rest is kind of history. We come in. The, it's kind of handy now having the First Baptist Church pianist on hand. <laughs> yeah, so immediately I told the, the pastor that, that was instrumental in leading me to the, to the Lord, and I just told him, I said, you know, <laughs> I was petrified of being in front of people. I had to do a, uh, oh, what do you call it? class in college and I, I've got a two-year degree from our local community college uh, speech class I mean right. I just scared to death get in front of people just always afraid but there was just something in I my, my grandfather was an elder in the church I grew up in and I just used to hear him teach and I was like you know as a kid I can still remember thinking you know I would probably say that a little differently you know or whatever <laughs> and so there was just again now I know it was the Lord but yeah. uh, um, just I told the pastor I said I really feel like I'm gonna preach and anyway mm-hmm. Long story short, yeah. we immediately started, and they the church licensed me, and I filled in, and then I guess about two two years after that, I took my first little church, which was just north of Seneca Baptist, uh-huh. Baptist Church, and uh, then I've, like I said, I've pastored four Southern Baptist churches, and then we started Cross Point Fellowship back about sixteen seventeen years ago, and uh, so anyway, so you've know. been a part of, I mean, ministry wise, yeah five six churches something yeah, like yeah, that yeah 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 so yeah pastored like i said four southern baptist churches and then we started this work here and uh so and these churches were you always alone as the yeah. the only pastor on staff yeah yeah never had any staff which you know after you've been around me a while you can see why don't need anybody you know yeah just because yeah. you're so good yeah uh, yeah yeah I'm i sure. mean it's no yeah, slack to pick up exactly, yeah. Yeah. wait till everybody hears this one you get calls on this call. yeah, yeah 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 no well and yeah it's just um lots of things i mean now i would probably be um sometimes i you know i get to, i tell my wife times like you know I'd like to just come be a part of something like what you guys are doing so I could encourage you and, and you mm-hmm. know, kind of run, you know, being the older guy, run defense <laughs> for you and, and, and stuff like that. But yeah. she kind of reminds me that, uh, you know, that might not work either. So, <laughs> <laughs> so these churches that you are part just so people can kind of get an idea or a picture, what's the what's about the size of the churches that you've been yeah, ministering in? That's, that's a good question. Yeah, my first little church um, – of course, was a great Bethel Baptist north of Seneca. Uh, I think it was, my, if I remember right, was the oldest church in our association. And uh, anyway, uh, I think if I remember right, I've got a Bible that I keep in one of the cars. It was Melissa's old Bible uh, that I started using uh, after mm-hmm. I was converted. Mm-hmm. I think they had like 23 in Sunday school, and uh, which, you know, of course, here, give me a chance to brag. I will, you know, but we went there. Uh, and the Sunday school tripled. You know, we led the state of Missouri in our church size and baptisms that first year, second year. I was only there about two and a half years. Yeah. So, of course, we got to go to the state, and they recognized us. The mm-hmm. association gave us a nice proclamation. So it was really nice to see the Lord doing things. Um, 
But there, and then I went, of course, then you think you're the Apostle Paul. You would never tell nobody <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are marketable. <laughs> then, you know, it's like, marketable. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like everybody should, it, I would be a blessing. You to hit anyone. the free agency market. Yes. Yeah. You were, yeah. 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 I remember I had a pastor friend that's, you know, they sent a resume down into Oklahoma to a church and, and, uh, and they didn't call, you know, I was like, they didn't even look at me that I know of. I was like, you know, at the time you're like, you know, you're in your twenties and you're like, this can't be, you know, what's the problem mm-hmm. here? And mm-hmm. uh, so I really wanted, I tell folks, I feel like the Lord lets us go places and he leads us to certain places. Well, I think he let me go lots of places. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. you know, okay, you know, go ahead. Yeah. And I went, I wanted to be full time, you know, man, I, I needed to be as good as I am. I, again, I say that jokingly, but I think there was there. I know sure. there was, Yeah. I know there was in my heart. So I went to First Baptist Garden City, uh, Missouri. That was full-time? It was full-time. Okay. And uh, wasn't there but a very short time, 13 months. Mm. I was, of course, so immature, missed home, wanted to be at home, you know. Um, it was a, a tough situation. Of course, after I left, <laughs> you know, it really, they kind of turned some things around. There was a guy that helped. But anyway, but then I came back home, went back into bivocational work for about two and a half more years. And uh, went through a building project at this third church, I guess I was at. You know, so like I said, it was kind of like, uh-huh. you know, going through churches really fast. I tell everybody, this is another one of my punchlines, but, uh, mm. you know, I tell them I've never divorced a woman, but I've divorced four churches. You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So anyway, then came back home, pastored at a church, interned them for a little bit, then about two years there, went through a building project. Real struggles there. I'll leave it there. I was back home, right in my home mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. and uh, then um, had a guy that encouraged me to send my resume to First Baptist Diamond, which is where we live now. Okay. And uh, so, anyway, make a long story short, went there. Was there eight years? Thought I would just probably, you know, but it just kind of lost me. Of course, again, it was back to God. You know, I tell everybody when God opened my eyes to the. The scriptures, again, seeing it from a reformed deal, it, that was a kind of like a second awakening in a sense, if I can use that term. But I was just preaching, going through the, felt like the mouse on the wheel, you know, yeah. just kind of mm-hmm. losing my desire to preach. It just seemed like it was just meetings. We bought property, built on, did stuff that makes you, you know, right, quote, right, big right. and successful. Uh-huh. And uh, anyway, make a long story short, I just... One night after a couple of conversations with leadership, I just told my wife, I'm done. I said, no, I, I'm, I am not done with Jesus, but I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And uh, I went to, and I'm not, I, if anybody in Diamond's listening, <laughs> I am not, again, that's where my passion's. I didn't do probably the slickest, smoothest way of exiting, but I went to the pulpit that next Sunday and resigned, and I was done. Mm. I mean, I didn't go back Sunday night. I you know, my emotions and things. Mm-hmm. And then again, I don't encourage folks. And looking back, of course, if I knew now mm-hmm. what I knew, and that's what I try to say to you guys, the most important thing is that you spend time with the Lord and the Lord's people. And, and, you know, whether I worried about whether it was pop in the pop machine and whether we had paper to print on that week. And I, cause I was always, I'm a, I'm a kind of a yeah. Martha, I'm a doer, you know, <laughs> yeah, I got to uh-huh. get, uh, you know, whether we had helium blow up balloons for the youth event, you know, all that <laughs> stuff was extremely important to me. And and you felt, 
you accomplish something. You know, at the end right. of the day, you can say, well, I went mm-hmm. at least got four rims of paper and I got some helium and, and mm-hmm. we got pop delivered. And, and yeah. But when you're just studying and praying and thinking and struggling through things, at the end of the day, it's like, what have I done? And your people sometimes like, well, what are you guys yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, just sit around that office. I know. You know? Right. And uh, yeah. so, but anyway, I didn't know that. So I can't, that's water under the bridge. But, yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I resigned. Uh, basically, two weeks I went to, I think one of my pastor friends' church visited, I think the second week, something like that, we launched Crosspoint Fellowship yeah. and mm. uh, started the little community building there in town. And, well, let uh, me ask you this real quick, because yeah. I think uh, I think it's good for church members to hear this and maybe even as I've I've left one church. So I pastored a church, um, only person on staff, pastor, started young, I was 26, I think, when I started there. I was there for five years and leaving was agonizing to me. I remember how difficult it was and people will ask like, well, how did you know or whatever And it? I don't really know how to explain it. I don't know if I'm sure some instances it's like, well, I left because that guy told me I had to leave. I mean, you know, there's definitely those, those cases. I'm sure that wasn't my, that wasn't my case at all. Can you maybe speak to that a little bit of like, I think what's the average stay for pastors for a while it was like three years. Yeah. That was like the average <laughs> and they, and they would go and they would go and some of them it's to work their way up the ladder, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yes. Um, yeah. I didn't feel that was my thing. Uh, people might say that cause I went from a smaller church to a, a bigger church, but I don't really think that's ever really been in my yeah. heart, the whole ladder part, but it's been a hard thing for me to explain to people of why, mm-hmm. Why yeah. did you feel you had to leave? Why didn't you just stay? And and for me, the way I've tried to explain it is like I just felt my time there was done. Mm-hmm. There was enough things going on where I felt like, God, there's no more for me to yeah. give out here or to help with. I, I think my time's over. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it any other well, way. Well, yeah, and I, I I hear what you're saying and I don't know that I have a good answer for that because of the way I you know, probably my emotions uh, I probably would say ninety nine percent of my decision so i would be probably an example of of how not to do it you know <laughs> yeah um because i would just get frustrated um you know the number or whatever wasn't right and so i sure it was hard probably for me to be able to say that you know um to give a really good answer to that i know one of the things i've learned over the years your work's never done anywhere and it's the lord's work and you know i, I and again it's like it's like anything in life until somebody walks in those shoes. It's sometimes really hard to ever explain it to someone because there is a sense of subjectiveness to it. But, sure. But yeah. I do think, yeah, now, you know, it's like uh, I've been, we've done, Crosspoint's been, I don't know, 16 years old, 16, mm. 17 years old, John. So I've been there longer, almost right. twice as long as I was <laughs> at all the other four churches. And But again, it's come back to a heart, a ch- right. change of heart and yeah. how, and I see that even in our, our church, you know, all you church members out there, um, you know, um, the fact that they want to know why we preachers move along, but I want to <laughs> know why they move along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes you know, both ways, sure. It goes both ways because sure. the problem is, is the heart. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're looking for something that. You know, again, there are reasons to leave. Don't misunderstand me. Absolutely. That, you know, yeah. you just yeah. buckle down no matter how bad it gets. That's not what I'm saying. But you look at me and you know this as pastors and you guys around the table that 
it's a fish swap most of the time. Sometimes, you know, when they go down there here because, uh, you know, he says it a lot better. And yeah. I go over here because the music's different and I like this style. And, and not that those aren't important. I have my likes. It's easy for a guy that has a gifted pianist like I have to say, well, you can live with that. You know? <laughs> so I, I know that that's, that's hard. But, I, again, it's a heart thing. Yeah. And being connected and, and – uh, and that's what you guys are doing, and that's what I, I like. You know, you have a lot of fun. You can tell that. That, uh, but that's one of the things that's authentic. I can sense as I listen to you and talk and share. And and uh, you know. I've definitely learned over the years the whole it's greener over there just doesn't seem to be true. Because mm-hmm. I remember pastoring the the smaller church. Um, I would think if I had a bigger church, we'd have more money, yeah. and I wouldn't have to worry about getting a van to take yeah. people places or. You know, these things with the budget, mm-hmm. we would have all of these resources. Man, it'd be so nice to have all these resources. Well, then I get to a church that has a lot of resources and it also has a lot more problems. Yes. And it's yeah. like constantly trying to put out fires. And then I'll see pastors, you know, of a smaller church and they're like, man, I only have 50 people. And I'm like, I wish I yeah. only had 50. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Sometimes no. you feel yeah. that way. Like, oh, it is. Yeah. I only yeah. have Where to worry we... about like 10 families you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. I could handle that. So. That whole it's greener over there, at least yeah. in ministry, mm-hmm. um, is I think it's something Satan uses in our lives mm-hmm. to make us discontent and wanting to drive us away. I know, Dave, you've probably, you've left, well, you just left one, but then maybe others because you've church planted, you've done some other things. Scott, did yeah. you technically, you left, were you on staff? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was bivocational staff. Yep. So mm-hmm. you've been through that as well. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you guys could speak to that also a, a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, and I think I mean, <clears throat> like you know, just recently, um, you know, my my transitioning from the church that I was pastoring to coming to Monroe uh, Missionary Baptist Church, and I, I I agree with what Tim said. It was just for you know for me for my family, I wasn't even looking for a church. <laughs> I was I was uh, preaching at different churches in Detroit, out in Lenawee County, which is the county west mm-hmm. of us. And, uh, and I was doing a lot of writing. I was doing some academic work and, um, and God was just kept pressing on my heart to do more pastoral ministry. And that's yeah. my calling. And I'm like, no, cause we've been burned just like mm-hmm. all of us, you yeah. know, we've been let down and disillusioned and, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to take a church Lord, but I wanted to preach. Yeah. I just wanted to do it more like a itinerant type yeah. of preacher. Yeah. <laughs> I had to deal yeah. with all the yeah. mess, just yeah. preach and walk Bring away, you know, and let you out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so anyway, when we moved to Monroe County, um, through Pastor Jay Anderson, one of our association pastors, he's like, hey, you know, I started preaching there a little bit and then came to this church. But it was good for my family. My wife was having some some pretty um, severe health issues. And so it was a smaller church. I could work from home a lot. I could be more available. Our, you know, our, we, we homeschool, so I was available with the kids, you know. Yeah. But it was after a few years, it was, it was getting to the point where it's like, yeah, I think God is doing something here. We, the church grew, mm-hmm. you know, because God's grace and, and it was, it went really well. But then it was like, like you said, Tim, it was just, I think my work's done here. You know, God did a great work. We saw people come to know faith, come to Christ. We saw baptisms and, and, but yet it was, and my kids were getting older and they needed mm-hmm. other kids. Yes. They need, we needed more community. We, my wife needed support. We needed support, you know, yeah. relationally. So it was, it was a neat thing how, and I'm glad that God called us 
to here so we don't have to mo- sell our house and move somewhere else, you mm-hmm. know, because yeah. we love it here and we wanted to be still in the area. So that's mm-hmm. kind of more of a recent story the last yeah. few months. So, Well, and the thing too, too you know, you, you know it was the Lord's will because it happened. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of providence of God, you know, mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. you know, I tell folks I sometimes can't figure out out here, but boy, when I look in the mirrors, mm-hmm. thank be to his name and again sometimes he lets us go sometimes he leads us but yeah. he he is in i believe of every atom mm-hmm. everything and and i say to all of you guys because you're, you're young raising families what you said about your family is ultimately important i can get very emotional i try not to be emotional about stuff but i tell you one of the biggest detriments to the gospel is families that are a mess mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and you have to do as ministers um, and we can talk about that tomorrow, or whatever. But it just mm-hmm. doing making a good choice for your wife, mm-hmm. for your families. Um, you know, they can find another minister, but but you yeah. you you need to do what you do for your right. sons and daughters and wife, and yeah, that's good, Absolutely. very good. So you've had uh, an interesting experience, I guess, in ministry where you've been had the privilege of going to some established churches, but then you've also planted a church. Yeah. And uh, Pastor Dave's done the done the same, so maybe you can ask some questions along with it. I I feel I could never plant a church. I don't have that personality. It would be me by myself. I don't know yeah. if my family would even come. <laughs> if I'm being honest, it yeah. would just be me. <laughs> don't do that. It'd be the most happy yeah. church Motion ever, carries. just all by myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I no. mean, that would be so intimidating to me to have to set out and plant and go and go and plant a church. And so I don't know if you could speak some to the differences of going into an established versus yeah. setting up your own and, and some of the struggles maybe in each, you know, yeah. cause they both have their problems. I'm you sure. Bet. Yeah. Well, and again, I'm just a guy back to probably, I look back, I have no training as far as how to do that. I'm uh, I mean, Spence talk a lot about this, you know, like anti, you know all the formal, all the stuff that you know that you're that you're against in your mind. Sometimes in a conversation, now I've become four. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, the things that somebody is like, well, I'll just, you know, and that's the problem, Chris, in 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 America and probably around the world. Everybody grabs a Bible and goes up the road and rents a spot and starts a new church. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't like this and that, so we'll make a new version. So I, you know, I don't really know. I guess again, just back to. Did I, you do it on your own? That yeah. when you planted, I mean, it was because yeah. you know we're a Southern Baptist church, so yeah. there's all that there's, which I don't want to get into. What yeah. there, but there's money out there and help. I got and out, so, out of it. Yeah, I mean, but there there's a lot of you'll hear some churches saying, you know, I've had help and support. Yes. I don't think you did no, it that way. No, and so, how did, did you go yeah. about? Well, and again, I go back to in God's providence of how, and I hope I'm saying all those big words, right? But, uh, <laughs> Spencer, you know, Spencer will he'll fix me. it yeah, later. He'll fix it later. Yeah. But again, I'm, I'm not that smart and I'm not trying to sound humble, but for me, I had, uh, again, I say my wife, very gifted. We had mm-hmm. music, you know, the, some of those essential things that, you know, again, we, all the spirit, the Lord has to do it, but you do have to have some practical things. And there were some of those things that were there, but yeah, I mean, when I, excuse me, when I left, you know, I was a, I'm an ordained Southern Baptist minister, but I had 
you know, had enough of right. that structure, mm-hmm. business meetings, fight, you know, couldn't get a half a hallelujah out of nobody for mm-hmm. nothing unless you said we were in into business meetings and everybody was all <laughs> of a sudden concerned. And, and, <laughs> and so I just had, that was the thing I wanted it to, to distance from. And so we went and started this, but yeah, we've never had, uh, we've never got any support from anybody. Uh, now in that sense, you didn't have organizational support, but you did say you did this with a friend. Is that right? No. I, oh, no, I thought yeah. you said you and a yeah. friend did this. No, no, we left, and like I said, we went the first Sunday to, uh, well, a couple of Sundays after I resigned from First Baptist, just up the street, borrowed a little community building, met there. Of course, we had a split from the church came. It was, a, like I said, it was just one of those deals. I Looking mm-hmm. back, there could have been a lot of things, a lot of things I could have done differently. But uh, then the stockyards, we were called the Stockyards Church. We met for about six and a half years at the Livestock Arena, just up the road about three or four miles. And, of course, at that time, I was like, I want a place where there's nothing to fight over because we don't own nothing. We don't own the chairs. Right, and and I'm go. lazy, so I was like, we want to have to sit out chairs because there's already seating there. And uh, So I made a little pulpit that I vice gripped to one of the chairs down at the bottom of the cell arena and uh we brought a sound system in and of course at that time my mind had not been uh, i was still thinking you know at that time of course i chased another rabbit here but you know we just need to make this simple i didn't even again had not been awakened to really fully understanding the gospel but Mm. we just need to make it simple we had you know donuts up in the cafe if you Mm -hmm. wanted a donut if you guys wanted we had people Chewing tobacco, doing yeah. what, you know, you just passed it, out peanuts. You're yeah, in the stock it, it was. Yeah, we were. Yeah, you know, uh, I've done a wedding there one Sunday morning. <laughs> we we did the uh, yeah. We put the uh, uh, brought a baptistry uh, stock tank. We baptized. Yeah, you know, we uh, awesome. we built a stage in the cell arena one time and had a singing group. You know, we did, <laughs> but we had again back it it it. it it was marketing or it was a marketable, I guess, or whatever. Remarkable. No, I mean, it was, a, <laughs> but we had yeah. at one time probably 150 people coming, 175 people. I mean, it was, they were coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the thing happened, you know, I was, we were doing all this stuff and I still was like, but I don't understand why people, you know, it wears you out in ministry constantly spinning plates and trying to come up with something new mm-hmm. and i you know and i this is not something i've just heard someone say this so i've made it a part of my thing but if jesus is not enough nothing will ever be enough mm-hmm. you're never going to have enough I, you know when i was at first we were flying in preachers from the sun you know i was had a few connections to having some of the big mm-hmm. names at that time preachers coming in we flying them in preaching you know we'd have some great meetings and yeah but it was just exhausting because once that was done, it was like, what well, are you going to do better next time? And uh, so, like I said, I was heading to work one day, and I heard R.C. speak. He said this phrase that, again, changed my whole life. Regeneration precedes faith. Mm-hmm. I'd never mm-hmm. heard that. And it was just like immediately I heard it. I was like, once again, just like in 87 when the Lord opened my heart that salvation wasn't in all this stuff, mm. it was in Christ. Mm. That made so much sense. That that Immediately I was like, this is what's wrong. Yeah. You know, I, I tell everybody I'm kind of crazy. I said, this is the, you know, like the evolutionist is looking for that missing link to make his theory good. Well, this was the missing link for me. Yeah. This may, this is why our churches are full of unregenerated people mm-hmm. who you've got to do all these moralistic things to try to keep them fired up, get them coming because they've never had their heart changed. And 
regeneration preceding faith was just mm. blew me out of the water. And of course, you know, Spence could tell you this. Uh, they thought my cheese had slid off the cracker. I mean, it was like <laughs> they all thought I had, you know, yeah. something really had gone wrong. Yeah. Well, know. I love that you're saying this because I think what some people, I don't think people will say this, but I do think it's perceived that ministers have it all together. The theology stuff is all figured out. I mean, that they they have it pieced together. Nothing hits them, and they're like, whoa, I didn't realize that. When that, at least the pastors I've met, being around a lot of them now, there's growth happening in their lives, and and Mm -hmm. God is working in their lives and and changing them. And and so they're seeing ministry different as they grow, right? And that's okay. You know, you definitely don't want to see them slip in, into losing their orthodoxy and stuff yeah. theologically. Uh, but God does do that. It, but, it, but it is difficult because maybe you've been going a direction ministry-wise, like you were talking about, where it was more about the programs that you were doing or the, like you were bringing people in or the events. And that's what people were kind of drawn to. Mm-hmm. And I don't think those are always bad. No, no. Uh, but like you said, uh, you have to keep coming up with stuff. And it's kind of ironic. I actually read in a, it was a youth ministry book years ago. Doug Fields, I think is oh, his yeah. name. Fields, He's yeah. a youth minister out of Rick Warren's church, a Saddleback. Yeah, and in his book, it said, we have to win people by Jesus. We can't keep up with Disney. Yeah. Now, that's exactly the opposite of how they actually, their church functions. They <laughs> yeah. try to keep up with Disney. Yeah. But I remember reading that. And that was a point in my life where I was, you know, I was probably still a teenager when I had to read that book and thinking, that's right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I don't feel like I'm a creative person. And so when it comes to preaching, I remember having preaching classes that were teaching me, you know, on Mother's Day, you need to wrap it around moms and on, on Memorial Day, you should do this. And they, they had all these things and I, and I would see preachers on oh, TV yeah. or stuff and I'm thinking, I'm not that creative. I don't have mastery of the English language to think of five C-letter words that all make sense of what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And then when it came to events and stuff, I'm like, well, I can do some events, but like, it's really tiring. I mean, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm constantly trying to think of new things. And then the church budget has to be able to maintain all of this stuff that we're doing. And I, I just, same with you, just having this moment in ministry of like, what do I want? What do I want to snag them with? Mm -hmm. You know, what is my lure? I like to fish. What is my lure Mm -hmm. that I'm going to get? And I guess at some point I've tried to decide. I'm sure I don't stick with it all the time, but the lure needs to be Christ. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Well, and, and, and just what you guys said, just you guys living before the people, seeing you in your struggles, your ups and downs. Like you said, you, you, you don't go like being orthodox you're going to, you know, things are going to change, but just seeing that, you know, mm-hmm. I think one of the things that, you know, and I think all of you guys respect Alistair Begg. We, we, you know, I've been to one of the conferences. I'd like to get back again. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a chance to meet him at the You should conference. come this year. He has room in his room. I Spencer know, does. He, I know. You bunk right alongside yeah, him. That'd be good. Well, he's a good, <laughs> but one of the things that I shared out in your office will go that I like about is he just, he seems to be authentic. He shares his struggles. He, he doesn't try to tell you how to think about a text or how he, you know, he, uh, and I think that's what you guys have to do. And then what it becomes is, you know, in, in the scripture, people came to the event of Christ. Yeah. You know, what was happening, you know, you know he, they just kept flocking to, of course, we, we know many of them because of carnal reasons, like the, the free food and the miracles, but 
but ultimately they mm-hmm. still were drawn. And I, I guess to me, I've never been able to accomplish this exactly because it's me trying to do it. But it would just be faithful to Christ, love Christ, be real. Then this becomes the event in town, if you, if we can use that term. Right. That people yeah. come here because, you know, they've, they've tried all the stuff that... Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it becomes like, and I'm, I'm preaching through Luke right now, the disciples go out, you know, and they come back and, and, uh, they've done really well. And, and here comes Jesus off the mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. And the guy says, Hey, you know, I tried to get these other nine, didn't say that, but couldn't get these guys to cast out this demon. And I, it kind of was like, you know, I've always kind of wondered about that, but I think very simply what had happened, those guys were really successful and they were leaning on Christ. They come to this situation. They thought we got this, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. we know how to do this. We can get the music together. We can get the youth programs. We can get some good preaching. We can write kinds of lights. And, and it becomes, a, you, you begin to trust in the mechanics of stuff. And that's a mm-hmm. constant battle. Yeah. Because I think the thing is, I'd be a liar if I, if people look into our lives, like with our children's choir, we're constantly trying to make it better all the time. You know, we're bringing instrumentalists in and, and mm-hmm. adding to things. I mean, we're a little church of 40, 50 people, and we've got a choir that's this year 120, 125 kids and uh, bringing in people. People are, I feel like, are kind of enjoying being around what the Lord's doing there. And so it is a balance. You know, again, it's... Uh, wanting to do mm-hmm. things well for the Lord. But so I remember I, it being, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You haven't talked yet, so if you'd like <laughs> to hear from me. I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> Keep getting cut off. <laughs> you, you, said, you referenced earlier that that was like the moment when you heard R.C. Sproul, yeah. I guess, say that yeah. on the radio. And you hinted that that was a big change or that led to a big change. I was just going to ask you to like, yeah. w- what exactly was that change for you guys in your church, like how oh. did that change things uh, over time for you, you guys? Really they know. went Presbyterian yeah. the yeah. next Sunday. Yeah, the next Sunday. <laughs> well, I, I had a robe on. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, you know, once I heard that, I can't tell you the exact weeks, but of course I'm a guy that's pretty well. Once I see something, I think everybody should see it. And that was an area where I could have yeah. been a little smoother in the way I did it. But I, uh, I immediately, it, it, it just changed everything for me. Uh, I have, you know, and we probably all have this. I have lots of books. I don't read any of them, but I've got lots of them in case somebody shows up. I look really spiritual. <laughs> and uh, I had had, uh, of course, you know, it's funny. I had a, I have a pastor friend that uh, he used to comment about John MacArthur was, was Calvinistic in his own. I didn't, I guess I read that for years and never caught it. You know, again, how the Lord does things. Uh, and, um, and so I had his book, The Gospel According to Jesus, I believe was the book on the shelf. And I was like, oh, hey, drag that off and started working through that. And uh, when I got to Limited Atonement, I pulled up. I, I, I couldn't, because here's what happened. Once I started seeing this, it it, it just changed my whole world. Mm-hmm. It changed my whole, again, and I've come, hopefully come back now. You know, at one point, you know, you're almost scared to share the God, you know, all that. I've got through all that, preached to everyone, you know tell all invite everyone to come to christ mm-hmm. but it immediately put the stop and here's another one of my phrases people from home will know dog and pony shows i i no longer needed to find a dog and pony show i didn't need to be 
I like, I tell people I like to tour up a Bible one time trying to preach like W.A. Criswell first Dallas. <laughs> yeah, I got to meet right. W.A. Criswell years uh-huh. ago in St. Louis, and he used to say the man of God or to hold his Bible. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and I, I just, that's not me. You yeah, know, yeah. I can't preach the way I told you in the office. Uh, I'm a, an alliterator. I do find four <laughs> words that start with C. Do you? That's oh, nice. yeah. I can't I, you know, do and I have to try to get out of that at times. Last <laughs> Sunday was, you know, I have to be careful because you just can't hammer everything into C's and B's and G's <laughs> and all that. But, uh, but I, uh, but my, you know, it, it, it just revolutionized that, you know, it's Christ and I just need to learn him. And we were running 125 to 175, depending on, you know, what was going on. And I lost track at the stockyards. We lost over a hundred that left. I mean, they just kind of like, I'm a sheep farmer <laughs> now, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, sheep will just look up, and they when one gets scared, then they they all will run. I have mm-hmm. a crowd where I feed them in. If one gets spooked, most generally the whole herd runs mm-hmm. out, yeah. and people just started leaving. They didn't even know why they were leaving. They just somebody else was left, and right. and we heard that you're teaching this, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know, you'd ask people to take and try to listen and study, and you know, they weren't interested, and it was just a quite a deal. So we lost over a hundred from the stockyards. Then there was a little Presbyterian church um, just a mile, not even a mile from where we were meeting at the stockyards. It had closed up about a year before, and uh, so long story short, we were able to acquire. They actually gave us that building. It's an old building in the hmm. three acres. All in God's providence was wonderful, and we probably lost another 35 or 40 when we got there. It got down to the place that I was like, you know, you always talk about, I'll preach whether I love Jesus or not. And I can't say it got that bad, but you really, yeah. you know, it's like, sure. I hope we survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 16, 17 years later, we're still there. So even back to that whole question, I'm a, I'm a terrible rambler. I am not smart enough to figure it out. I didn't have any kind of blueprint plan. I had yeah. nothing. And again, I know those are the stories everybody says, oh, great, let's go try it. You know, I yeah. just went and preached we we tried to lead the people and and that has changed over the years again especially in six seven years into it whenever this mm-hmm. when i heard mm-hmm. what rc said i realized it was the gospel and and i don't i don't even really fully understand that good news and so now i feel like our lives is just teaching our people to love the lord thy god with all thy heart and all thy soul to, to love the gospel to love what he's done for us i i'm listening to sinclair coming up here on the way mm-hmm. up here on uh, he's on ligonier this week and talking about the church and some of the fact that the church gathered is really just a place to come together for us to remind the people what god has done for them yeah yeah you know not what you can do for god but right. what god has done for you i remember being pretty devastated as a young minister I was always told by older pastors, just just preach the word and let God do the work. You know, that's what they would say. But then I'm like looking at their ministries and they're doing all kinds of stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> and so a couple of years in, I'm thinking I'm preaching the word, but I don't yeah. what am I? I must be doing something wrong or I'm just trying to be faithful. And I remember people in our church would go off to Winterfest, which I don't know if you ever heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. They'd like go off to Winterfest on Saturday. And then they'd come to church on Sunday, and they'd be like, oh, "Man, I wish, mm-hmm. I wish our church could be more like Winterfest, yeah, yeah, you know, on the music and stuff." Yeah. And, and people wonder why I have such a bent towards disliking music, mm-hmm. and it's because of that kind of stuff. It's like I can't compete with this. Yeah. And you're telling me that in order for our church to be good, that's what we have to be. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, "We're never going to be good." Then mm-hmm. I, 
and so you feel kind of worthless. You know, you, mm-hmm. you feel kind of as a, as a pastor, you start to think these people must not really even like me. Uh, they're just frustrated at me because I can't bring that mm-hmm. to yeah. them. And so what, what am I, what am I to do? And, and I don't think they necessarily meant to harm me. No. You know, they no, were they just talking about a, preferences. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was devastating mm-hmm. for me when I hear it because I thinking I studied all week to preach two sermons, Sunday morning and Sunday night, mm-hmm. and I'm teaching on Wednesdays. And so I'm, I'm studying constantly, mm-hmm. trying to do my best to bring forward the word of God. And what you're saying you need is a concert, yeah. which I can't give. It's like, yeah. well, I don't know. You just felt, I just felt kind of hopeless. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do yeah. then next. And the thing is, is I would just encourage your brothers, dig in. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you know, I again, it's easy now for me to say, instead of worrying about the pop machine 16 years ago and worrying about brother so-and-so mad at me and this, that, and other. And I, well, the problem was is I had stepped into that arena of performance and, you know, numbers and and all this, you know, who's going to be in charge. And uh, I should have just buckled down. Of course, some of that probably comes as you get a little older. Um, I should have just preached. And uh, I, I can't, I can't go back and redo that now, and I wouldn't dare go back because I'm, I'm, you know, where I'm at. But, but I just say to you again, the people, that's what they think they need. But, uh, you know, just like the Lord, you know, people come and ask these questions, but He always knew just what, and you don't know what mm-hmm. just what, but as you study, God will do. And, and our people, you know, like I said, they, God will do what He's going to do, and, and at the end of the day. You know, and again, you have to be careful because sometimes I, I, I like what Beg says. It's not that, you know, God blesses bad preaching. You know, we just do mm-hmm. it and we should study. We should be prepared. You, What I pray for you and all of you is that you be set free. I keep saying that even for my boy here that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's not that everybody has to have a charismatic personality, but but you're, 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 you're his. You set at his feet. You share and let be, be real with the people and, and mm-hmm. love the people and, and uh, because I, it makes me think when you talk about I did that for years, too. And I've came to Diamond was my second. I had 13 months of full time and then back to bivocational, then came to Diamond. I was mm-hmm. for, for eight years there full time. I would go basically every year for six, seven years to Jacksonville First Baptist Church to the big pastor's conference. You know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 300 voice choir, orchestra, right. Sunday morning that sanctuary 10,000 people would be in there that thing the the, the balcony would be moving <laughs> i mean and we were having a time you know and uh it was wonderful and then i would go home depressed because <laughs> right. i had to go back to yeah. first baptist church <laughs> and i was all fired up and nobody else was fired up. It's funny yeah. you say that. We yeah. had some women go to a conference recently, and they kept sending us pictures yeah. of stuff in the church. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah. this is I'm not thinking, why we sent you. Yeah, here. I don't. Yeah. I'm not sending you anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, funding has no, gone no, no. off. What yeah. did you learn? Yeah. Tell me what you learned. Yeah, yeah. 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 yes, yeah, yeah. 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 That type thing. And I think Pastor Greg too. You know, with be, being that I've done church planting too, there is a lot of pressure. So if you're out there listening, you're considering church planting or been you know involved in church planting. There's a lot of pressure to like okay, what's, what's the next thing? Like yeah. I was always reading the next book, like 
organic church, simple mm-hmm. church. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, even one time I was telling my wife, I think we should do like a, a hip hop concert outreach because we were an <laughs> urban church, inner city. And she's like, what? Yeah. And my wife, thankfully, is very wise and keeps me on the ground. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you. But I was always trying to figure out. And then I was preparing my sermons on Saturday afternoon because the whole week I've been so busy trying to yes. do the the rat race, you know, yes. and, and, you know, I think you're, you're, you're really wise in what you said as far as that just, you know, the simplicity of the gospel mm-hmm. and just kind of, you know, stripping it down and just saying, you know what, it's, it's about Christ. Whether you're in the inner city, our neighborhood, we had 60 different languages spoken yeah. in the public school or you're in Missouri, yeah. you know, or wherever yes. it's, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's really relying on the gospel. And I think guys like R.C. Sproul and, and Begg and Sinclair Ferguson, Help me to understand mm-hmm. that, and just like you know, what it's not about the gim- the gimmicks and the gadgets. You no. know, it's just about the gospel. It is. Yeah, yeah. And I was gonna say, I, what you said, you call it the dog and pony shows yeah. or something dog like and that. Pony shows. Yeah. yeah, I I really resonate with that because that was when we came here. We were coming out of a situation where my family, we were just dying, right? Mm-hmm. Not literally, yeah. but like we were no. just white, yeah. but, you know, working full time jobs and trying to plant a church at the same time, and. We just couldn't do it, and that's what a lot of it felt like was, what's the next dog and pony show? Yeah. What's the next thing we need to do to attract people here, keep them here? Yes. And it's discouraging once they come and they see the kind of people we actually are mm-hmm. and how messed up we actually are. Yeah. They don't want to stay, you know, and uh, and similar to a phrase that you heard, I guess, Tim, about Disneyland or whatever, I'd always heard what you win them with is what you win them to. That's right. Mm, and yeah. if you win them with big new attractions, you've got to keep them there with the big new attractions. And you got a tough role because that's the, the youth culture today is, you know, we can fix our family. My kids, you know, especially he's 14 now and he talks to me the way he does, we'll bring him down to Scott. Scott can line him out. You yeah. Know? And... And so, yeah, you got a lot of that. So you have to undo that pressure and get under the yoke of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I say this, brothers, because I'm not good at it. I'm good at preaching it. I'm terrible at applying it many times in my own life. But just staying steady, Mm -hmm. preaching Christ, loving the people, because that's what they need. I'm a guy who thinks of illustrations. Last night we got got to Michigan, you know, Uh and... uh, we come to see Courtney and Spencer, but we really come to see the grandkids, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I was sitting on the couch with Ryle, and he was all snuggled up to me last night, and he said something to the effect, Grandpa, I'm glad you're here. And, of course, I had my arm around him, and, and we're just, you know. And I don't misplace what I'm saying. We can't, we have to be careful about affection and stuff because it can get us in trouble. I understand that. But I think, like, for young people, how many young guys and gals, they just need a solid rock, you know, they don't need yeah. pie in the face and who can drink the most goldfish and one, you know, I, 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 am just adamant. It just turns my stomach, don't do you that. know, yeah. Drinking yeah, goldfish. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Blend them up and that drink them down. Don't do that. That's a camp idea. I'll never be asked back again. You want to be our camp preacher? You know, there is a truth though. I know we're talking and I think we all around this table would agree with what we've been saying that the gospel needs to be center. But there are things that churches need to do that some would label attractional. And what I mean by that is like, your church should be clean. I I believe in that. It should be orderly. I I think our yard should be orderly. I do think, I don't think events are bad. I'm not even saying that. I think if you're going to have music at your church, do your best to do it well. You know, same with the pastor. If you're going to preach, 
be prepared, be ready. And I use the word professional when I say mm-hmm. all that. Look professional, yes. um, especially depending on your context. Like where we are in Monroe, it's a middle-class community, but people expect things to be done mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And I think we should be doing that yeah. also. And and I think it's a, just a, exactly, it's just a, it's a motivation. What's motivating? Are we doing it just to get numbers so we can brag and right. mention? Then, yeah. you know, that'll wear you out. But if it's t- doing it out of love for Christ, ultimately doing it for love for him, you know, and I agree a hundred percent because once I, you know, the RC thing, you go through a phase there where you're like, you know, I don't know sure what to do about who to talk to, who to tell. Mm-hmm. I'm way beyond that now. As right. MacArthur says, if you got trouble with that, your theology's got you all plugged up. You know, <laughs> I tell folks there are things. One of my favorite passages, and I use this at my father's funeral. I was asked to speak at it. Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine. Basically, I'm not good at quoting exactly, but you know, it's the the revealed things are here for us to see. We can read them in the text, but the secret things belong to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So. As R.C. has taught us over the years, why should we share the gospel? <laughs> because the Bible says so, mm-hmm. you know. So we just do it. And, and, and the guy that says, yeah, but I'm just, you know, God's elect and all that. Yeah, I understand all that. Way above my pay grade. Mm-hmm. All that, uh, that, what that has done for me is it set me free to just make sure I define it right. You're a sinner. Let's yeah. go, we go to the law, you know, uh-huh. man, uh-huh. this is where we are, wretched. And, and we're in Christ. And, and again, try to every week that come to church and tell our people, you know, you get back to worship. This is how my mind works. I'm thinking about, you know, uh, one of the passages of us is be perfect as my father. You know, right there, none of us measure up. You're not going to worship the best. You know, you always think about, I, I watched a video the other day, look at this girl. She's worshiping really great. Well, how do you know that that's worship? You know, for me, you know, I go to the sing conference. I can kind of be myself. I mean, I'll raise my hands. I'm I'll be able to shout, you know. I mean, I just get, it, I just get so overwhelmed with what Christ has done for me that I, I just, you know, I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. But the next guy by to me may just be singing, and and it, each of us, you know, as J.C. Rouse said this week in my commentary, isn't amazing. We're all different. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. and so, yeah. well, maybe we can end with this. I know we've been talking about some struggles in ministry, but yeah. different things. But I hope we, I hope we would all say this. <laughs> There's a reason we're still in it. I, there's nothing else that I feel I could do. I, this is where God has called me and placed me. And I know for me, I, I hope to never leave this church. I would love to stay here forever. I don't, I don't want to work a ladder. I don't want to be president of a convention. I have no desires for any of that stuff because I feel like ministry is where God's put me and with its ups and downs, it's fine. And I'm assuming it's the same for you because you allowed your son to kind of follow in your footsteps. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's it. Yeah. Just wanting, I think that's, you know, all of our desires. And again, like you said, you may move a place, go someplace different, but your heart's set on Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was gone for a week. We went to uh, Col- uh, Colorado with Melissa's family and um, I came back that week and I told her, I said, like preaching, you know, I just, I miss it when I, you know, and mm-hmm. it's something you enjoy doing and it of course it's like one of the guys that was a mentor to me years ago said the preaching is the easiest part he said they pay me to put up with you through the week <laughs> and uh, so that is hard and that you know for me i do enjoy the study i really do it's the discovery the study the mm-hmm. and you want to share it with people and and my downfall in pastoral ministry has been i'm not the best shepherd you know and and there again we're all gifted there you sure. see a pastor that mm-hmm. you like man he's just so good with the people and loves them and can listen to all their you know, they're aching toe stories and, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I'm just, sometimes 
I'm very impatient with that. And so, but I've had to come to also this conclusion, brothers. We have to accept who God has made each of us mm-hmm. in a sin. Now that not the sin, not that's not, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a bank robber and I just can't give it up, you know, <laughs> or whatever that right. is, right. It's, you know, whatever <laughs> our, our Achilles. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a gift I have and I have to do it. You know? <laughs> but, uh, so, but you know, but, but we're, we're just men and each of us are gifted in the way we are and uh, just loving the Lord and, and I just say, you know, again, I heard a guy years ago, first conference I ever went to after I was converted, we went to the Texas Evangelism Conference in Fort Worth, Texas, and there was a guy from Missouri there preaching, so I thought, hey, this is great. <laughs> but I never will forget, so I use this illustration a lot. We're eating a lot of spinach now, but there's a chocolate cake waiting, you know, <laughs> and uh, and that's for all of us, you know. One day the Lord will sort all things out, and uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, I just have to remember that and just stay faithful and, be honest, you know, the Monday mornings that you come in and you you look at the text and it just doesn't say anything and you're tired and you're frustrated and you're aggravated. And, and, and that's one of the things nice about having a staff, I think would be helpful to Tim is, and you can do that. If there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, you know, I need to take a Sunday and just let you guys, let me be taught a while or something. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, just being real. It's, uh, yeah. 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 Yes, man, that's the key. I'm thankful for our staff here. I'm thankful for our church family allowing yes. us to hire a, hire a staff. And yes. you definitely see the benefit of it. Like you said, we just have different personalities, different strengths. I almost wish we didn't even have titles. I wish it was just like pastor, 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 pastor. Yeah. And we, we just work in our, in our strengths and yeah. in our areas because, like you said, you know, God has gifted us differently. Uh, we do have different personalities, um, and people are attracted to those, you know, yeah. I mean, we see that even here, yeah. uh, but that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. And it's not just one person driving the ship. I think that's why Paul talks so much and Timothy and them to these guys saying, go find some other men yeah. to do this with, yeah. you know, you can't do it on your own. You yeah. need to be together. Yeah. And, uh, we just see that, that need for, for unity. And, uh, here God's blessed us with that. I feel as a staff and, even as a as a church family, it's good. And I don't want people listening this to this at our church. Anyways, they can do whatever they want yeah, down a diamond. Yeah, I, yeah. It don't matter to me, yeah. I guess. But <laughs> I, I don't want them to think that you know we as pastors come into work every week thinking another week. Yeah. That's not it. I mean, yeah. there are definitely those days. There's definitely struggles, but yeah. there's absolutely nothing else. I would I would rather be yeah. doing. Um, yeah. I felt miserable in secular jobs. Yeah. I really did. And then, and when I look back, I think, gosh, I was so dumb. There was like no responsibility. There was, yeah. I should have just loved it, <laughs> yeah. but I hated it. But, but honestly it was because I felt like God ha- has called me to be a, a pastor yes. and that's what I want to do. That's where I want to yeah. be. And even in the thick of it and the mess of it, it's fine. So yeah. uh, that's good. being a pastor is, it's a blessed work. Yeah. Um, I do think it's difficult. There's statistics that show that pressure and, suicide rates among pastors, all kinds of things that can yeah. be nerve wracking. Uh, but it's a, to me, it's the most worthy work. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I'm not yes. trying to downplay vocations. We've been no. going through that as a yeah. church. I'm not trying to do that at all. For no. me, no. it's the most worthy work I could, no. I could be doing. And I think that's something, you know, that I think to encourage your people that it is a, it is the highest calling. You know, you've heard pastors say, well, I'd have to take a step down to be the president of the United States. And I agree. <laughs> that's the problem with our nation today is that we've valued all that stuff. 
and we haven't valued the pastor, the local pastor, the one that breaks the bread mm-hmm. of life with us and encourages us. So yeah, there's yeah. the, you, you guys keep doing what you're doing. You got, you got a good basis of theology to drive you. Yeah. And that theology is, is, you know, I say is the thinking that leads you to the, to the person, I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, next time, I don't know, Spencer, if you're going to jump on here, but next podcast, we hope to, uh, talk to Pastor Greg here again, but more family focused. This time we talked a lot about ministry, about him planning his church, things like that. But uh, we want to talk to him about life maybe in a pastoral family or just, just family and, and workload because he works a, a job and a job. <laughs> he has two jobs plus a family. And so maybe how to balance that and how to, how to do that well. And so I think that would be good. So Pastor Spencer, if you want to Take us out of here how you always do, your calling card that everybody remembers. Um, Yeah. Thanks for listening. (laughs) There it was. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll be with you uh, next week um, when it's it's warmer. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, it's supposed to be 68 68 tomorrow. Yeah, this is going to be coming out on St. Patrick's Day. Which is supposed to be really warm that right. day. And Scott's oh, wearing green. I'm wearing green. Tim's wearing green. Oh, Dad, you're the, not wearing green. Forgot the memo. Uh, yeah. Got a green hat. Well, it's Woo. not till Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, but this so comes out on Thursday. Oh, so we should be wearing... Oh, yeah. This comes out on Thursday. If only we you're planned right. like that. Right, right. I'm ready. So, yeah, we, we won't... We won't... Uh, we won't harass anybody if they don't celebrate that. So, okay. Well, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Take care. God bless.